Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Coman, sitting in my safe house on the line with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, man. What's happening with you? Oh, not too much, Manny. You sound uh, more grizzled than ever tonight. Yeah, well, um, I've had a very, very busy week. You know, I was in Chicago. Really? For a few days. Yeah, I uh, took the daughter to, to tour some campuses. Oh, I thought you were going to say you're making uh, deals with the underworld uh, pertaining to the New Orleans election. <laughs> I, I would hope. I would only hope. But no, I was in Chicago. And uh, the, when we were leaving Chicago, I, I noticed my, my throat started getting really sore. Hmm. And I don't know if it was, you know, the taverns I was visiting or whatever, that kind of stuff. But uh, it's just something going the around. The houses. Yeah, the whorehouses. <laughs> or got to be you know, something. You know, the uh, Puerto Rican bordellos. Sure, as they sure. Say. Um, but, I, you know, landed back in New Orleans and, and the sore throat became congestion and you know, I'm trying to, and I'm still trying to run a campaign, but this was the only time we could tour these colleges. And so we did it. And it was, you know, I, I've never really spent any time in Chicago before, but I, I, I really enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it. It's a great town. So people are very nice there. You have everything you, you could possibly want in the way of uh, restaurants or museums or clubs. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I have a 16-year-old, so I'm not doing much clubbing or anything like that. But uh, 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 the restaurants were fine, and, you know, we ate out everywhere. Uh, I don't know what's going on in Chicago. Maybe they're having the same problem as New Orleans, but the customer service was awful. Really? Everywhere we went, the customer service was awful. I mean, we went and had breakfast at a place, and, you know, I ordered some eggs and some and some potatoes and whatever and toast and mm -hmm. this waiter brings me my toast before the meal it's like you know <laughs> who does that <laughs> you know who does yeah. that you know it's like you know if you go into a fancy restaurant where they give you some bread and some soft butter and they give it to you at the end of the meal you know it doesn't make sense to me it's like you know the toast should come with the eggs sure you know, sure you know, Especially if you're doing poached eggs, which my daughter loves, and okay. and and I do the over over easy and stuff, and my mm. wife does the up. You need that toast to soak up the yolk and stuff like that, you know. Right. You don't want it to be sitting out getting dry. On yeah, the table yeah, 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 yeah. And, and of course, they they give you butter that's like you know hard as you know my cock on a good good night, you know, <laughs> you <Okay>. know. <laughs> um, so it was like that was one instance. You know, where it's uh -huh. like, and I told the waiter, and of course, you know, my daughter's part of this generation where you can't say anything, you know, it's like, oh, well, okay. don't, don't upset a, them. Don't upset them. It's a microaggression them. or something? Yeah, yeah, whatever they call it. Uh -huh. It's like, and I said, well, listen, you know, this kid looked like he was pretty green doing this job. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just gave him a word of advice, you know, you know, uh, being, you know, I've waited tables before and stuff like that. It's like the toast comes with the meal. You don't bring the toast, and then I have to wait 10 more minutes for the meal. And, uh, you know, this kid just kind of like, you know, scratched his head and said, okay, you know, that <laughs> kind of stuff. But anyway, but it was a fine town. The tours were really good. The schools were fantastic. So, you know, I'm hoping uh, 
the kid's still interested in a year from now to go to this place, these places. Yes. Yeah, so, so you'd be happy, uh, to, uh, to, to have your, uh, your, your daughter going there to, uh, to, to school well, in Chicago out of, out of your, out of your, uh, parental reach. You'd, you'd feel comfortable with all that. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, okay. she doesn't, I, she's already out of my parental reach right now as we speak. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, so. <laughs> you know, so why, you such know. as it was. And I think, uh, uh, the kids should leave. Uh, you know, go somewhere else. In fact, you know, we don't know yet because she's only a junior and we're just touring. Her whole focus might be something different next year. Oh, okay. Which, sure. Yeah. Just, yeah. just uh, kind of dipping a toe in the water just to, yeah, just get, you see, know, see what's uh, out there. Right. A couple of these colleges, you know, were really fantastic and, and they focused on what she's really interested in right now. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, six months from now, she could be interested in making, you know, uh, our, you know, being a career in, uh, you know, designing poles for strippers. I don't know. Okay. You know, uh, but right now she's interested in the business part of art, you know, uh, all right. You know, she's not, she's a really good artist and good illustrator, but she's more interested in the business side of it. And that's where the money is, I guess. You know, she doesn't. Yeah, she, does, yeah, well, she doesn't want to be a starving artist, basically. Yeah. You know? Sure, sure. Well, you know, the the primary part that often gets missed in the arts is uh, getting paid. So, yes, if you can have someone to facilitate you getting paid uh, for yeah. producing the art, yeah, that's then you yeah. might have a workable. Uh, well, workable that's what she's situation. interested in right now. Okay, you know? so uh, good for her. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. still don't know if she's really mine, but anyway, <laughs> that's a whole different story. You know? She does look a lot like you, Manny. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, that's the chance. good, but who knows? Yeah, who knows? I have uh, no yeah. idea. Right? Sure, what's sure. going on with you, man? Oh well, you know, just uh, carrying on, Manny. Carry on, one foot in front of the other. I uh, I, I went and saw the staff physician. Oh, staff physician. Yes, I had a. Your annual, your annual, it's a, my annual. Yes, I had a, a going over by him. Um, he he asked about you, asked about the podcast. Uh, I, I would have to say this this year was kind of a, a cursory examination. Um, you know, he was. Uh, it's not like he was in a big rush or anything, but uh, like he kept his mask on the whole time. He never asked me to take mine off. Uh, you know, usually there's some kissing involved, um, <laughs> no, but, uh, even kept, kept my pants on, you know, usually he, he, he has me undo my, my, uh, you know, he did the same pants. thing. He did the same thing with me this past August. He goes, uh, the whole prostate thing He's like, Oh, we did a year ago. It was fine. We don't need to do this this year. And I was like, all right, well, fine. That's fine with me, man. Okay, I, sure. I really don't want you in that cavity. Yeah, you know, yeah, I was, yeah. I was fine. I just, you know, thought, well, I guess, I guess he, you know, I, it, it, I, but what it comes down to is, I'm sure he assigned you some blood work to be done, right? Exactly. Yes. So yes. it's all about the blood work, and if he sees something wrong in the blood work, then he'll have you piss in a cup or whatever. And if he sees something worse in the cup, then he's going to come back and because yeah, it really all, it, it's all about that now. And and, and uh, he, I mean, he's a good guy. We like him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. He did, he did, uh, you know, have me lay down and and do the old school, you know, pressing on your 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 innards, you know, and feeling around, and uh, you know, he, he did did that uh, sufficiently. So, and and he I, he didn't didn't feel anything suspicious. So that was good. 
Well, you know, I have uh, a lot of pain under, like, uh, uh, right above my uh, groin and below my liver. I've had pain there for years, hmm. and they still can't figure out what it is. It's and, not a, not some sort of hernia? Well, that's what I, I, I do suffer from a high hiatal hernia, but which is mm -hmm. more in the esophagus area. But, mm -hmm. you know, this has been going on forever, and I, I just think it's, you know, a, you know maybe it's due to, like, excessive masturbation or something like that. I, I, I don't know, it's, it's but he's a good guy, and uh, I'll keep going back to him because he's a fan of ours. And, yeah. he's, you know, uh, he says he votes for me, so whatever. I, I don't know. You know, but speaking of things going on in the world, man. Yes. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. I don't know if I touched on this the last few shows because I've been so freaking busy. Did Did you hear about this woman? I think it was in Texas or somewhere. You know, things happen in Texas, especially with high school and middle school football. Oh yeah, they're crazy for it out there. Yeah, they're for crazy. Friday night lights. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. crazy for their football. But I, I, this happened about a month or so ago. This woman was charged by the police of some small town in Texas that were at a football game. She ran naked on a football field while the game was going on. And it was a middle school game because they were eighth graders. Oh, jeez. <laughs> she ran naked. And then they, they, they kind of grabbed her and stuff. She, and the funny thing is she was naked, but she was wearing a scarf. She had a scarf on. So okay. She, she wanted to stylish. Yeah, stylish. You know, I don't know what kind of, maybe it was a plaid or, you know, some kind of scarf like that. Mm -hmm. They found out later that um, uh, she was high on heroin. And hmm. she that was, doesn't really seem like, I, I would have guessed like uh, PCP or, you know, uh, Flocka. Flaca or, like, you know, some kind of speed, you know? Right. We know a lot of people at that, that have, uh, you know, used narcotics and, uh, usually they don't, they don't do crazy stuff like that. Yeah. Well, she apparently, she lived right near this school and she was a junkie and she decided to get naked and run in front of a bunch of eighth grade <laughs> football teams. Okay, she, so she was not affiliated with the school. She wasn't a parent. No, 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 okay. no. She wasn't a parent. No. <laughs> That's what I had just jumped to that well, conclusion. I think she was a fan. At least she was a fan. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. They found out later that she used a scarf to shoot up with. You know, she you know wrapped it around her arm and stuff. Okay, like, ours had a, had a had a had a had a purpose. Had a purpose, and uh, you know, I don't know whatever what the outcome. I'm sure she's going to do some time or maybe some probation. But well, I hope you she know, gets some treatment, man. Yeah, well, some treatment, you know. Uh, but she's been banned from going to any football game at that school. Ooh, it's tough. So it's tough for her. But uh, we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully look into it, see if there's some kind of recap uh, that we can follow up on on what happened and stuff to her. But you know what happens in Texas is always, you know, well, it is Texas. You know, it's always bigger in Texas. It's I always, say. yeah, it's always bigger in Texas. So anyway, what else is going on? You, you're having your, did you get your roof fixed yet? Oh no, Manny. No, no. The roof is no, nowhere closer to being fixed. Oh, you know, God. I, I checked, checked in with the roofing company, I actually checked in with the second roofing company that I'd called right after the storm. And they said, Oh yeah, we, uh, we see your name here. Uh, okay. We'll, uh, we'll put that in the pile for the, uh, for the, the estimators to look at next week. And the, 
So I don't know. Thankfully, it hasn't been raining here, but it's going to start raining at some point. You know, we're going to. Well, I think they're expecting some rain tomorrow. (laughs) So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to be a ton, but uh, but yeah, we've been fortunately it's it's been very dry the past couple of weeks, but that's that's not going to last forever. You know, we have some uh, shingles that flew off, so we have a little bit of blue tarp around part of our roof on the tenant side. Right. And this morning, as I was leaving. to go to work, uh, this guy's on my porch and he goes, Hey man, I, my name is so-and-so. He gave me his business card and he says, I'm a roofer and this is my company and blah, blah, blah. I'm working on a roof down the road. I didn't notice you have that blue tarp. And I looked at him, I said, dude, my wife handles all this shit. I've got to go. I'm late. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but but there are people out there who are willing to do work. I, 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 you know, I don't know, you know? Yeah. Yeah. My, my job is a, big involved uh uh operation so it's it's more than just one guy with a truck you know this i've, I've had uh jobs like that in the past but this is definitely not one of them yeah the problem is here's the problem is i don't think you know louisiana realizes this that ida just didn't fuck the southern part of louisiana ida fucked people all over around the country oh yeah no we we talked about that on the podcast yeah people are aware that yeah it had a tremendous amount of uh damage up in the new jersey area and and uh yeah all all the way up there yeah it's a it's a turns out it's a a more expensive storm even in louisiana more expensive storm than uh katrina as far as damage goes already already well so manny uh you know you you were out of town for part of it, but uh, we're closing in on election day. So yes. election day is this Saturday. Um, so I, I, I saw a, a Manny Chevrolet yard sign went up in my yard. I guess they went up around the, the city this weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know. I, you got a yard sign for some reason, yet you've never given one dime to my campaign. I've, so, I've given so much, Manny. I give yeah. and I give and I give. I'm, yeah. I'm, I continue to give. So no, uh, no, you take and you take oh, and you okay. take. <laughs> so it's okay. Nice. You're, you're, you're just, you deserve at least one little gift per year, I guess. But no, they're, they're great signs. I think they're fantastic signs. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice sign. So you think that may make the difference that may put you over the top? I don't know. I mean, I was out, me and my uh, uh, right-hand man, my number two guy, Mr. Dave Clemens, we were out mm-hmm. till wee hours of the evening putting those yard cards all over the city. And when I was leaving uh, my job today, I noticed that um, I drove by a lot of the places where we put cards and my, my, they're all gone. So, huh. uh, wow. I just, I just think maybe that, uh, they're so hilarious are, are so unique that people have to have them. So they steal them or okay. I'm hoping that's the case because that's usually the case with the past, you know, couple elections that my, my yard cards are always stolen and because they're collector's items. You don't think uh, it's, uh, our current mayor Latoya Cantrell? I, well, that's a that's another thing that I can al- I can always think that is like is it the incumbent or the other candidates who see my signs that are so clever and they just they just they go we gotta we gotta get rid of this we gotta get rid of this right so uh, I was talking actually earlier this evening to our friend Jeff Treffinger and mm-hmm. you know Mr Treffinger is always so positive he's a positive guy yes you know and which kind of bugs me sometimes but he always <laughs> he's always so positive he said Manny. They're stealing the signs because they're collectibles. 
So, you know, and in fact, I was the one to put that sign in front of your yard and man, your street's fucked. Oh, <laughs> oh believe me. I know. Yeah. Your street is so fucked. It took me like, you know, it was like going over, I, I was like, like a two day uh, trek to get to your house, man. And me oh, and yeah. me and Clemens had parked just about a block and a half away. And no, it's it's an off road adventure, man. Yeah, you yeah. feel like you're uh, you're I don't know in the Sahara out there. It's all it's all sand and uh, yeah. yeah. Knows what's and going on? They so have they done it. any kind of new work, or are they just they just dug it up and they left? Uh, no, they're out there every morning uh, digging new holes. Well, they they dug some holes and then they covered the whole thing in sand, and then now they're just digging different spots around. Um, I know the guys. I walk out there. They we we shoot the shit. You know, the guy sees me my coffee. I tell him he I, he can have a sip. You know, it's uh we're <laughs> we've been out there. We're really developing a relationship. They've been there so long. Ouch. But uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I'm I, I'm not even concerning myself with that because uh, I'm, I'm adapting to it and uh i don't think that me getting upset will uh, will have any effect on it well i have a lot of other stuff we could talk about maybe we should introduce our guest and we can talk, yeah he's been so quiet <laughs> talk about him talk to him and we can even bring up some of these uh you know broader uh, municipal uh issues and and discuss that with yeah, him yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, he's a fellow. He's lived in New Orleans for a long time. Musician, a clarinet player, uh, arranger, band leader, uh, founder of the uh, Panorama Jazz Band and Panorama Brass Band. Mm -hmm. Without further ado, the great Mr. Ben Shank. Welcome, Ben. Hey, thanks for having me on. This is really cool. I've never yeah, been on man. a podcast before. Okay, well, we like that because uh, you don't have any expectations. I don't have any preconceptions. Right, right, right. So far, it's kind of like hanging out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all it is, man. Just hanging out, uh, having having cocktails or uh, you know whatever your your pleasure is. Now, so Ben, mm -hmm. you've been in New Orleans for a long time, but you're not from here. Where are you from? I grew up in Annapolis, Maryland, which also got hammered by Hurricane Ida. Okay. Yeah. I have a brother-in-law who lives in Annapolis. Is that right? Well, yeah, man. yeah. He, uh, in fact, he was actually on business in Chicago when we were in Chicago. Nice, which so, is where I was born. Actually, my mom's family is from Chicago. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, Park Forest, right outside of Chicago. Okay, oh, I love Chicago. I yeah. love the public transit. The public oh, yeah. transit was fantastic. L train. Uh, yeah. Oh, the, the whole L. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, it's great in the summer. Yeah. And you're yeah. from Chicago. You grew up in Annapolis. And yeah, we moved to Annapolis when I was a year old, so I don't, really don't remember Chicago. I got to know Chicago a little bit when the band spent like a week there um, several years ago. And, and it yeah. was it was August, so um, it was summer and, you know, got to get to know Chicago a little bit. But you're in Annapolis. You're there for all your growing up years. Pretty much. Where's the where's the clarinet? You picked it up in school. Or? I picked it up in college. Um, oh, really? I, yeah, I was I was late. You know, everybody kept saying, "Ah, oh, sorry, fella, it's too late." You know, you got to start when you're nine or ten. And really, I, so you didn't play in the school band or anything no, like that? Uh -uh. That's so weird. You know, I was going to say you're the first clarinet player that we've had uh, on the podcast. I find that hard to believe. We've had we've had a bunch of saxophone players okay. who also play clarinet, and right. like when my father was was a kid, mm. 
uh, all the saxophone players, everybody started on clarinet and they took right. all their lessons on clarinet because yeah. that was the more, you know, the, the, the classical instrument and the more difficult instrument. Mm-hmm. And everybody just played saxophone as a right. double. But uh, that's so. So how did you pick up the clarinet as a as an adult? And, and well, I did actually have a year of clarinet in eighth grade, but then I got braces and I had to give it up. And then um, and then never really got back into it. And then in college, I was taking music, and um, and I just was really digging the clarinet, and I, I discovered um, like the Ellington Band that always had you know Barney Bagard, all always had great clarinet players. And what was, what's what college hmm. is this? Oh, uh, Bennington in Vermont. Oh, yeah. well, well, why were you why were you uh, studying music? I mean, uh, how um, so. Uh, Bennington does it kind of different. Like, like most places you go to study music, you have to already, um, already kind of know music, you know, at least have some ability. Right. And sure. I was going in pretty green and, but the, but they kind of approach it like liberal arts, but then the way they, their main way of studying music is like literally my first music class on day one, freshman year. Um, the teacher said, okay, here's the treble clef, here's the bass clef, here's middle C, this is a whole note, this is a half note, this is a quarter note, this is an eighth note, um, this is a cello, this is a bassoon, this is a clarinet. Now go write something for one of the instruments. And so I picked the cello and I put some notes on the page and then the, come back the next week and they play it for you. And I'm like, huh. Okay, well, let's try something else, and 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 that was like for four years. That's pretty much all we did in music was just write music. But I mean, you didn't even read music before you started. Uh, I was in the choir in in high school. I sang okay, in the choir, so you, and right. um, so I kind of had some idea. I knew that like you know, like two flats was B flat and two sharps of D, you know, that kind of thing. Um, okay, and and you were pursuing like a, a composition degree. Is that well? What, that's what, what I eventually did major in, but it started out freshman year, just like you know, let's mess around. And um, I I actually went. I was I expected to major in modern dance because that was my jam in high school. Hmm. Now, do you have kind of hippie parents? Tell us about uh, like I know you're a Quaker, right? Uh, I think right. you're the first Quaker that we've had on the show as well, Ben. <laughs> I also find it hard to believe, and now you're going to tell me I'm the first Quaker clarinetist that's been on your show. Well, well for we, sure. we had we had Richard Nixon on the show. He, he was a Quaker. <laughs> we don't like to talk about him, but he's the other kind of Quaker. He's an evangelical Quaker from from California. We're the like hippie lefty liberal uh, more. Um, What's the word? Uh, what's the word? Not evangelical. Well, just more universalist Quakers from the East Coast. Okay, and you guys have all the the friends schools like City yeah. Hall Friends. Yeah, I went to Sandy Spring Friends, which is which is out in Montgomery County. So after Annapolis, we lived in Montgomery County, um, in uh, like Silver Spring, outside of D.C. Now, why are there so many Quaker schools in that area, and why 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 is like Sidwell Friends, you know, the the big ritzy one that everybody goes to? All the Democrat, you know, um, presidents' kids go to Sidwell. Um, uh, the Obamas. I, I think they did. Yeah, yeah I know uh, Chelsea Clinton went to Sidwell. Yep. Yep. I think the Obamas went to Sidwell. Yep, they did. 
Yeah, and that's really? a, that's mm-hmm. definitely a very fancy uh, Quaker school. The one I went to was a lot more DIY, especially in the seventies and eighties when I was there. Um, you know, it was just it was it was kind of it was very liberal and and just small. You know, just still figuring it out. Right. So, were your parents like uh, Quaker missionaries or something? No, um, we. uh, That's not really a thing. Not a thing. I don't know. I mean, there. I'm just. Well, I mean, there. There are. I'm trying to trying to see like you were going to go into dance, (laughs) and then you decide to go into composition. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. So wait, 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 wait. So the dance. What kind of dance? A modern dance. Just modern dance, <laughs> yeah. Like so it's, it's like Tharp or yeah, you know, Martha Graham, uh, Martha Graham, you know, Bob Fosse. That's more on the jazz side, I think. But okay. I still work in the uh, now. I work in the dance department at Tulane. I play conga drums. I was playing there um, a few hours ago this morning. Do you dance yourself? I do like to dance. Yeah, I mean, I haven't huh. like performed okay. dance, but I, I I love to dance. I've always been. A do dancer. you dance by yourself? I do. Yeah, like if I'm. Because what happens at our house is after dinner, everybody goes upstairs to do homework, and I wash the dishes, and I'll put on like a Led Zeppelin record and wash the dishes and jam out in the kitchen by myself. <laughs> so okay. that's that's what I got for dance now. <laughs> now, are you still uh, following the Quaker, the Quakerism? Yeah, do you still we do have you still- a uh, we have a small meeting here in New Orleans. We meet. Um, we rent a rent. Well, we haven't met in person in quite a while, but so it's all on on Zoom. This is going to sound funny to you, but you'll have like ten or twelve people all on Zoom and nobody's talking. Wow, we worship in silence, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, so, I dig that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like Christian meditation, and and we're not like we're not super like Christian either, like Christ centered. There's different kinds of Quakers, and like I say, I'm from the um, more East Coast, more liberal branch. Um, but the like the more evangelical, they do have missionaries. In fact. The most Quakers in the world, as I'm told, is in Kenya. And because really? some of the early missionaries went there and um, started a Quaker community in Kenya. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Learn something new on the Trouble Men podcast. Yeah. Now, the Quakers love oatmeal. You know, um, I love oatmeal. I can't speak for all Quakers, but I do okay. love oatmeal. In fact, uh, I've got some muesli in the fridge that I made. So how does a Quaker get to New Orleans? Um, I was, so I was living in D.C. And I think it was 1985. Now, go-go music's huge yeah, in D.C. Yeah, yeah. Trouble Funk, it, Chuck Brown. Oh, yeah. I heard Chuck Brown live, man, um, in like 1986. Because I lived in New York in 86, mm-hmm. and we'd go down to D.C. every Did once in a while. Did you go to the Celebrity Hall? Yeah, we went to Celebrity That's Hall. Where I heard the, him. Yeah. yeah, the fucking great go go music. Oh man, yeah. What I a pocket, mean, man. What a groove. Holy yeah, shit. I mean and it was just a window of time too, because yeah. it was there for like see in the eighties, man. Yeah, it was yeah. there for like just a certain amount of time and then just like poosh, it disappeared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I it got replaced it. by hip hop. Yeah, I, well, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the go-go scene, especially in DC, Baltimore, mm-hmm. was fantastic. Oh fantastic. yeah, man. 
Yeah, I only went the one time, but the room was packed. My buddy and I were the only white kids there. We were not the worst dancers, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd been dancing by yourself, practicing for all those years. In the kitchen, man, washing dishes. That's right. So, Ben, yes. uh, how do you get down to New Orleans, as Manny was saying? Right. Uh, so, um, the, in, the Smithsonian has a festival every year, or at least it did in those days, called the National Folklife Festival. And this, I think it was 1985. Um, or 86 or something. I'd only been playing the clarinet like a year or two at this point. And, um, and uh, Louisiana was the state of the state. They, they always feature a state every year, and it was Louisiana. So I'd go down to the mall, and, um, and I'm wandering around the mall at the Smithsonian, and I hear this brass band off in the distance with this clarinet riding out over top of it. And I run over there, and it was... Um, it was Young Tuxedo Brass with Greg Stafford and Michael White on clarinet. And uh, man, I was just really, it just really grabbed me. And uh, I got talking to Michael. And so then the next year I came down to Jazz Fest and um, went to hear Michael at Jazz Fest and at the hall. And then the next year I came back and lucked into a house sitting situation. That was uh, 1988. So then I went home and you know, got my shit and came back and house sat over here on Sonyat Street, just like three blocks from where I'm sitting right now. And um, and and that house happened to be two blocks from Michael White's house. So okay, um, so it was kind of like so I never looked back. You know, I, I um, moved here and uh, started sitting in and just really, you know, I'm still cutting my teeth at this point. Uh-huh. And uh, I met Joe Cabral at uh, the Palm Court when I waited tables there. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. realize you were a Palm Court uh, uh, person. All right. Yeah, yeah. He was the bartender and I was a waiter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Going way back. Yeah, yeah. That was like probably 1990 or something. Uh huh. And 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 at some point early on there, when I first met you, you were playing with the uh, Klezmer All Stars. Yes. Yeah. 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 So that was, I think that we started in like ninety one, ninety two. Were you kind of a founding member of that that group? It was me and Jonathan and Arthur Castler on bass. Right, Arthur Castler. Um, yes. Who's now living in Hawaii? Yeah, um, I ran into Arthur a, a couple he, of years ago when, yeah. when the iguanas played in Hawaii. He came oh, cool. Say, That's right. Y'all do that festival every year. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, you know, I I graduated from high school with his sister, so. Oh, okay. I'm gonna see Marie tomorrow, man. Marie cuts our grass. I I, I think she was cutting Joe Cabral's grass at one time. Yes. Know, that's what we love about New Orleans. Joe was cutting her bush, wasn't he? Well, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, together, man. Way in one way or the other on the, on, on that subject. But uh, uh, but yes, uh, Arthur Castler and and uh, and Jonathan Freilich and and, and you me, and. Yeah. Uh, so how do how does a Quaker like you, Ben, and and a mm. Jew like Jonathan get together? At UNO. Um, At UNO. Okay. Yeah, because I was uh, I I went to UNO and I was um, I'd been there a couple of semesters and then Jonathan showed up and then I was like, hey man, come out to this place, Little People's Place. Um, Kermit Ruffins has a weekly jam session, and so he brought his guitar and um, joined the band. And um, and then you know we were just palling around, and I just really dug klezmer music because um, it involves the clarinet, 
And um, so I was already, you know, trying to learn that music. And then um, Jonathan was into it. He had this record that I had also. And so Jonathan, Arthur was Kermit's bass player. So we said, well, let's get a few tunes together. And um, I had transcribed a couple of Cosmo things already. And we got a gig at Caldi's Coffee Shop on Decatur Street. And that's where it started. And then we added uh, Ben Elman on tenor sax and um, Glenn Hartman on accordion and got a drummer. And then um, Mean Willie Green became the drummer. And uh, and then we had Rick Perlis on fiddle and uh, got the gig at um, Cafe Brazil. When, and the iguanas, what night did y'all play, Renee? Y'all had a night, a weekly. Um, we didn't have a steady night at Cafe okay. Brazil. W- w- you know, we would play uh, Fridays and Saturdays uh, okay. there. You know, a couple just, times a month. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you called it the Little People's Concert? Uh, Little People's Place is a bar. Uh, uh, I was just uh, in there a couple of weeks ago, actually. It's a bar on Barrack Street in the Treme, uh, like Corner Murray or Corner... And they still call it that. I, I think people, some people would find that offensive in today's age. <laughs> no, it's not called the midget bar. It's a little people is fine, man. You know, I think that's what they want to be called, little people. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I think that's the. And they let the me in anyway, term. even though I'm really tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're one of one of our tallest guests, actually. Uh, <laughs> as a tall yeah, so what's, what's the room like? Is it a basement like kind of venue? Uh, or, it's uh, a, you know, it's a. It, you walk right in. It's a. It's a. You know, it's right there on the sidewalk level. There's a door. The band used to stand in front of the door. So, like, you come in and you're, like, in the band. You had to, like, open right. the door and then step around the band to get to the bar. It's a really – it's, like, the size of my living room. It's a really small room. Um, they don't have live music there anymore because they had a neighbor that got upset. This yeah. is back in, like, 1994 or something, 93. And uh, he shut down the music. But, you know, it's a great place to go get a cocktail and sit and chat. You know, I see in there is uh, Donna from Donna's Bar and Grill. Donna okay. Sims, she hangs out in there. All right. It's a place yeah. to, to be seen. Yeah. So so you play with uh, Klezmer's for a few years. Mm-hmm. And then uh, at some point you you, uh, you start uh, the Panorama Jazz Band. Tell us about that. So, um you know, so I peeled off from the Klezmer's. It, it wasn't really meant to be. And um, I was kind of bitter for a couple of years. And I just um, really kind of, I moved in with my now spouse. Um, and we got an apartment in Uptown. And, uh, you know, and, and um, I just kind of stayed. I, I, I kind of like shedded and did more transcribing. And I wanted to start another band. I wanted to start a band that would do Jewish music but also do, I'm, I'm really into this Creole music from Martinique that also mm-hmm. features a clarinet called Beguine. Mm-hmm. So I, had, I was transcribing a lot of Beguines. And then, um, so then, uh, yeah, 1995, we got, I got a gig to play a wedding and it was a Jewish wedding. It was a friend of mine and she knew that I played klezmer music and that was November. Oh man, we're going on our 26th anniversary now because it was november 19th okay um 1995 that's my older brother's birthday okay well we were celebrating his birthday excellent yeah um and so you know we started as a trio again it was um clarinet tuba and drums and um and just kind of 
you know, built it up. And we had a, we had a gig at Juan's Burrito, Juan's Flying Burrito on Magazine Street when it first opened. And, and, and we were playing for free and we still got fired. <laughs> <laughs> because they I mean one we were pretty terrible and two uh, they weren't really trying to have live music in there yeah so, yeah and pay and dues pay and dues pay and dues man and, and it's just been a really slow evolution and uh, but you know I guess I'm the type of guy that you know would rather stick with one thing and wait it out than like try to start something new and then you're back in square one, you know? Right, right. Well, yeah. you've 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 worked hard at it. And you you've you've uh, up to put out like uh, like seven records or so, seven albums or so in that the, since then. We got a bunch of albums. We put out our first album in 2003, a CD called Another Hot Night in February, and um, and and we put out uh, yeah a bunch. And then uh, in May of 2014, I decided to, instead of putting out an album like every year or two, let's put out one song every month. And so we've been doing that um, since May of 2014 and knocking on wood here, haven't missed a month yet. Nice, nice. Yeah. And that's uh, so it's kind of a song of the month club. Yeah, yeah. It's a subscription thing. We have a bunch of subscribers. Um, you know, it's it's like it almost breaks even. Uh-huh. So, so right. we, we managed to keep it going. Um, where where can the nation find this? Uh, Bandcamp. It's on right. it's on a thing called Bandcamp and it's called Panorama Land. Okay. Uh, well, we'll we'll have the the links to your website and yeah. the show notes, and they can they can find. Uh, awesome. The, yeah, I'll send the, that to you. Yeah, there's there's room for more subscribers. It, the uh, the club isn't full yet. Oh, oh well, good, good. That's that's good news. So uh, you know, <laughs> nation, uh, you know, don't don't uh, don't hesitate to to jump on that bandwagon. And mm. uh, but and I want to talk more about that. But uh, Manny, I'm I'm looking at the at the glass, and. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm sure you you could probably uh, use something to coat your throat. Yeah, uh, I can use a lozenge or something. Okay. Um, I'm running out of them, but yeah, we know the drill. You know the drill. Everyone knows the drill. Ben. Yeah. The drill is the drill. is that we take a couple minutes off right now. We go okay. refill our drink. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're a drinker. You know. You know, I got a bottle of um, cognac for my birthday. Okay. Really? And, and I've never really been. A, I don't even know what to. You know, like, don't you need a special glass or something? Like a no, no, just chug brand. it. Just chug it from the bottle. <laughs> this is right some VSOP. Just cannonball it right now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to cannonball it right now. I don't. I don't go to LSU. <laughs> but, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, Renee's daughter goes to LSU. I was. Yes. We were just yes. talking about that. I was yeah. about to ask Renee if she cannonballs. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. I, I hope she does not, but I can't say for sure. I hope she doesn't. Cannonball. I don't know what it means either. Or not. Right, right. No, it's, it's, it's what Bill Murray said to Chevy Chase and Caddyshack. Oh. Cannonball it. Cannonball it, man. Cannonball <laughs> it. Right now, cannonball it. Just take a huge shot. Even Bill Murray doesn't know what that means. Uh, well, he is improv, a, a genius improv. All right, so Troubled Nation. Uh, you know the drill. We'll be right back.
And we're back. Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coleman. Back with our guest, Mr. Ben Shank. Now, Ben, uh, we've had uh, uh, different sponsors over the course of the podcast. Mm. We're back to our original sponsor, Loose Change. Uh, you know, loose change is uh, can be found anywhere. Uh, your pants pockets, uh, <laughs> the, the the ashtray of your car, yep. uh, uh, couch cushions, and uh, you know we're back to this is a fully listener supported operation. Uh, mm. When I say this, I mean the Troubled Men podcast. Yep. So, uh, Nation, if you're enjoying the show uh, here, this is uh, guest 178. Can you believe it? Wow! 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 Yes! 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 So uh, the the hits keep coming. So uh, you know, please uh, support us in our efforts to you know keep this going. Uh, support the 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 uh, operating and, and, expenses. And people, are, we're still like the top ten. Oh, we're we're in the top five percent. I haven't checked it lately, but we're we may have we're because our listenership has continued to grow. It's not growing wow. uh, leaps and bounds, but we've been in the top five percent uh, worldwide of uh, for listenership and. Uh, whatever metrics they use for for some time and we still are so yes it's a quality program we're we're bringing you and and so please support us we have the uh, the paypal link we have a, a patreon page you can join if you mm. want to uh, support us on a an ongoing basis we do have the t-shirts uh, all this all these links are in the show notes of of every episode or the facebook page and uh you know as always uh you can follow us on social media facebook Instagram, Twitter, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, rate us, give us five stars, review us. It, it really helps. And uh, you know, tell your friends about the podcast. If you know any reprobates or uh, you know miscreants out there, uh, you know. Do you think now in today's world, Renee, there's like uh, uh, Ebert and Siskel's uh, of the mm. world that are doing rating, critiquing? You know, podcasts, you know, critiquing. Yeah, I'm sure they have a, a podcast uh, where they critique other podcasts. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Meta, meta podcast. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's that would be of- interesting to watch, if you ask me, or listen to, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like an Ebert and Siskel type of thing. You know, sure, or, sure. or Rona Barrett, you know. Uh, uh, remember Rona like- Barrett? Yeah, well, she was like a gossip columnist, though, right? Yeah, yeah, but she would critique movies, you know. Would she? And- and Mr. Blackwell, he was a fashion guy. Yeah, he was a fashion critic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah those are the old days. He always said uh, uh, Diane Carroll was the best-dressed woman ever. <laughs> Remember Diane? Sure, yeah, Diane Carroll. Very stylish, yeah. elegant, oh, very elegant. Man, yeah. yeah, she was She was. I think she's bad. still around. I think Miss Diane Carroll's still with us, right? I, I have no idea. But you know, I, I, people. Speaking of people who are not with us, we lost uh, Dean Stockwell, Manny. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a great yeah. one, you know, Blue Velvet. Uh, so many great roles. There's one, an early film that I that I loved uh, that he was in. He was a very young man called Compulsion. Oh yeah, sure. You I know, know that, that movie? Film. It's kind yeah. of based on loosely based on the Leopold and Loeb uh, thrill killers. Yes, hmm. yes, I do know that film. Cool, uh, I don't. Huh? Was that Hitchcock? I don't know if that was Hitchcock. I don't think it's Hitchcock. But uh, no, I know that film. But he was also uh, he was he was at the same time with those TV westerns came out, Gunsmoke, Bonanza. Mm-hmm. Him and Dennis Hopper did a bunch of those. Right, and they kind of right. grew up together, and they did films together, and then of course they did Blue Velvet together. Yes, which was one of the most fantastic films. 
you know, that I've ever seen. You yep. know, it was, yep. I was a young guy. And it was like, man, I'm watching this and I'm <laughs> freaking out and I love it. I it love spoke it. spoke to you, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love every second of it, right. you know. And a lot of people were disturbed by it. But, yeah, Dean Stockwell, then he was also – he was on a hit TV show in the 80s, I think, too, or the 90s. 90s, yeah. I never saw so, that, but uh, yeah, yeah, he was I, a working actor. Never never stopped. Right, yeah. He was a good guy. He, he was my guy. friend. He was my friend. I figured he was, man. Yeah. yeah he, he will be missed. He will be missed. Mm. Well, so back to our guest, Mr. Uh, ben Shank. So just uh, when we left off, Ben, you were telling us about the Song of the Month Club and uh, it's, what is it called? Good Music for You? Is good that Music the, for You. Yeah, just pretty straight up name so for, you know so tell us like every month you you pick a song you you book yeah. a session so uh, we go in the studio like two three four times a year and try to get three four ah shucks we went in april we went in the studio and in like four hours we tracked six tunes mm-hmm. and um and put them all out so it just kind of like that, you know, like. But you put them out once a month. Put them out month, once right? a month, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, we try to get a few in the can and then drop them once a month. Um, and it's 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 you know it's a it's a lot of work because I I arrange them all, um, but that saves time in the studio just having a clear clear chart for everybody to follow. Yes, yes. Um, helps if we can schedule rehearsal, but honestly, with seven cats, it's really hard to schedule a damn rehearsal. Um, right so you get guys that that can come read the charts down and know how to yeah. play. i mean you have enough time playing as a band where yes. you're not trying to figure that part out you're just that's trying right to, yeah just trying to part the tune out like i don't have to write dynamics in the chart because everybody already does that right um yeah and you use all good players i know uh, a guy you use a, a lot is a former guest of the podcast uh mark rubin you use yeah him, uh, oh on, you've on had mark banjo right yeah yeah he's been playing he's he started out on tuba but he's been our banjo player for um good little while now i guess at least a year and he's a total authority on you know all the variations of klezmer music yes. as well as all these these mm-hmm. uh you know indigenous folk musics from around the world oh yeah he's an encyc- walking encyclopedia you know the guy runs his mouth like crazy but i never <laughs> tell him to shut up because it's so interesting <laughs> like i'll just sit there and listen like like where does he come up with this stuff but mark knows a lot man and he's got a deep perspective and and he's just like all pocket on the tenor banjo yep yeah. yeah, and you have the great Aurora Nealon plays with y'all a lot. Yeah, she's our first call. Someone I'd like to get on the podcast. Uh, oh, she will have a lot to say. Okay, yep. you think I got a shot at her? I think I think so. Okay, think so. all right, maybe you put in a good word for me and Manny with, mm-hmm. with Aurora. Yep. So, you so got a you, thing for her, Renee? No, no. Well, no. I uh, I have a thing for her as a guest. I've had her uh, her name written down. I have different pages that I I go through in my notebooks, and they have collections of of mm. possible guests and some people I, their name is written down over and over again and after i see it a few times yeah. i go okay well it's, that seems like the the book is telling me that it's time for this person <laughs> the only yeah. name i have is barack obama yeah y'all got the only name i have man. in my book yeah. all right we'll keep working on him man yeah. I'll, I'll, i have been I, well, I, especially I, once I, you're I, the mayor man you'll be able to yeah, get he'll take your call I, yeah he'll take my call man all right. nice nice mm. so i like so, to call him barack Mm-hmm. Burak. Burak <laughs> doesn't he doesn't he like do a podcast with a guy in arizona or something like that does a podcast out of his garage well he just released a book with bruce springsteen yes i heard some of that stuff 
Yeah, he and I think they're doing a podcast together. Uh, him they and like Bruce to, Springsteen. Yeah. I think that's what it is. They're yes. buddies. Yeah. yeah, they like to drink beer and smoke cigars together. Yeah, they they hang out together mm-hmm. and they go down Thunder Road together. I don't know. I have no idea. I, I was never a big Bruce Springsteen fan. Me neither. But, uh, mm-hmm. I'm a big Obama fan, but yeah. as far as Springsteen goes is like I really don't like he's kind of like the Eagles with me. When the Eagles try to rock, I can't yeah. stand them. Mm. But I like their slow tunes or ballads. Desperado. That's the same, yeah, that's the same thing with Springsteen. Mm. When Springsteen rocks, I, I don't dig it. Oh, you're really? saying that you're a fan of that Nebraska record, I think you were saying. I love Nebraska. Okay, I think it's right. a great record. There yes, you go. I do. All right. Something for everybody. Yeah. yeah. But when, he, when I don't like the rocker, you know, like the Eagles, they try to rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't dig it, you know. Anyway, uh, you know, anyway, it's also like when the Pee Wee Herman tries to rock. I don't think <laughs> you know. He's quite the dancer, though. Yeah, yes. he's quite a dancer. He's, he's quite a lively dancer. <laughs> yeah. So, so Ben, uh, yes. so you, so you have the yeah. this Cracker Jack band that you can bring into the studio and you can knock things out and and uh, and 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 you have this this ongoing concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, you guys play a, a whole variety of places. Well, you have the Panorama Jazz Band, which is like a sit-down kind of band. Right, it's, and- it's a seven-piece sit-down band. we got an accordion, you know, your man Doug on drums. Right, Doug uh, Garrison from mm-hmm. the Iguanas, yes, yeah. plays drums with, with the Panorama Jazz Band. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you guys do, uh, you know... you play all this traditional jazz but also klezmer and eastern european creole mm-hmm. caribbean music and but you work a lot in the jewish community i know yeah. uh you know you play a lot of uh bar mitzvahs bat mitzvahs mm-hmm. uh you play a uh, uh, porum often yes. at my synagogue yeah and you and i and and doug now have have played uh the oh, second yeah. second seder uh mm-hmm. you know, musical passover at program at sheer hadash for many years running probably yeah. been doing that on and off for 10 12 years maybe mm-hmm. longer yeah unless it falls on shabbos right right yeah. right so so you you have uh and and it's funny you were talking about uh how you're you're quaker but uh one time we were setting up for that that uh that passover gig mm-hmm. and it was before you'd shown up and and somebody that works at the synagogue or you know a, a an official in the synagogue a member was we were just talking about who went to different synagogues and somebody said, Oh, I wonder where, where Ben, ben belongs. And yeah. I said, well, since he's a Quaker, I don't think he belongs to any synagogue. No. And we were like, what? Ben's Quaker. I really like, do like Shir Hadash. So yeah, well you were totally passing. Everybody thought you were. Yeah. Jewish, so. Well, my name's Ben. I mean, Ben's my middle name. My first name is John. And Shank, you know, it's like, yeah, it could, it's, it's German, German. Could, it's could German. be Jewish, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and you're, you, yeah, so. Sounds like a porno name, if you ask me, Shank. <laughs> yeah, Shank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shank John Shank, Ben Shank. <laughs> right, you know. right, right. Well, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my, um, my other persona. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> Um, so, so, uh, so you play a lot of New Orleans, and and I know you're a real, uh, you're a, you're a booking machine. Mm. Uh, you're, you're one of the, you know, you work at this every day like a, a real business, and well, you guys are always talk about that song. And well, after you know, I mean, after so like this whole thing evolved. Like I was saying, we're almost twenty six years old, and it evolved really gradually. And uh, but like now, 
like my phone just rings. It's really great. You know, like I don't really go out hustling gigs anymore. Um, we nice. have, we just got back in the spotted cat. Um, we're going to go, we're going to be back in there Saturday nights from six to 10, which was our pre pandemic time slot. Right. Um, Y'all played there regularly. Uh, yeah. On every the, Saturday. The spotted cat on Frenchman street. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and that, that was really the gig that kept my cats showing up because we were uh-huh. making, making steady bread and right. having a ball, you know? And so like, that's why I have a band together because, because of that weekly gig. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, so I don't really have to like kind of beat the bushes. Like I don't advertise anymore. I used to advertise in like these wedding websites and mm-hmm. you know, they, they cost money and they want you to like create a profile and all this. And I got nothing. I don't yeah. tell you word of mouth is really it. Because the thing is when somebody, you know, when somebody talks about you, all the enthusiasm is there. Right. You know, if they like you, then like it's a personal testimony. And, you know, that's why like I, I tell wedding clients, like your wedding is really important to you, but it's really important to us because that's where we're going to get our next wedding. Sure, sure. And well, within the Jewish community, it's all, you know, fairly insular and, you know. People right. And if you want a horror at your wedding, we're kind of it, you know. Okay. Yeah. Nice, um, nice. You want a whore at your wedding? <laughs> Set him straight, Renee. Oh, Manny knows what, what you're talking about. Manny grew up in, in, in Los Angeles. He's, 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 he's joking around. Um, so, well, the Spotted Cat on Frenchman. So, you guys have been playing that a long time. You've been seeing Frenchman Street. Yeah. Uh, way before it became what it is now what, well, are, what are your what are your thoughts on on the current state of frenchman street i remember when you could lie down and take a nap in the middle of frenchman street on saturday sure. night you know and, uh, and um but you know people say like oh it's turning into bourbon street but um yeah i mean sometimes there's too many drunks you know but like i say you know we walk out of there with some real money for a seven-piece band I'm not complaining. Right. Yeah. Um, you do have built in, uh, you know, uh, traffic on the street. Yeah. Yeah. And we can pull in the foot traffic. Right. Yeah. If you have an appealing sound and mm-hmm. you have the door open, you know, you start playing like I was, uh, I, I played that, uh, that, that market space that oh, yeah. DBA has. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, which is really nice. Unfortunately, they're, they're closing it down. I, I, I saw today the city was charging them a thousand dollars of permitting fees per oh, weekend oh, to no. run gigs there. Yeah. No, yeah, man, yeah. That's, there goes your, all your, all your money. Yeah. That's how, uh, how, how artist friendly, uh, the, the administration is. That's what they're doing. We need a new mayor. Well, we Maybe, did yeah, Manny Chevrolet. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he has nine-day weekends. I, yeah, nine-day <laughs> weekends. That means nine days of gigs for you, man. Right, right, right. right. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. And, and totally wide open, right, Manny? That's how it's going to be, wide open? Wide, wide open. open. Just, you know, I'll, I will I will put my hands together and stretch it out so wide open. Mm. <laughs> Everything goes. Everything, <laughs> Everything goes. goes. You can put your... <laughs> mouth and tongue and just go that's how wide open it is so so uh so so you 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 do a lot of work like i said a panorama jazz band in fact you've uh, taken this band uh international right we have 
played like uh, uh, Copenhagen, uh, we did, Turkey, Istanbul. We did the Istanbul. Um, it was great, man. It was so much fun. We uh, there's a there's a really great video on YouTube that our tuba player at the time, uh, John Gross, shot while we were on stage um, at the Istanbul Jazz Festival because um, our banjo player at the time, Patty Mackey, got up and started dancing while we were playing um, Lily of the Valley. And uh, and that just started a riot. I'll, I'll say this about the all the audiences in Istanbul, like, were so connected to us. Now, and this mm. is, you know, like, we're up on a stage, but, like, we get quiet, they get quiet. We get rowdy, they get rowdy. It was, it was a really cool experience because that's, like, Turkey is, like, the most different place I've ever been. Um, yeah, from America, and so we we did that. It was really fun. It was great. And did you guys have have any close calls over there? Uh, you know, any scrapes with the law? Oh, uh, uh, you know, intrigue. Our accordion player um, went into a bar for a drink, and um, somehow, you know, when he uh, went to pay his tab, it was like seven hundred bucks. <laughs> and I think it was one of these deals where like, Hey, have another drink, but they don't tell you that the drink is a $90 drink, <laughs> you know, like that beer is $90 <laughs> so, or whatever. So I maybe not, he had more than a drink. Like they had to walk him to the ATM. I don't know if he paid it oh, or, geez. or what, you know, but <laughs> that it was doesn't like, sound good. he was a, he was a little guy, you know, little, little gentle dude. And, uh, he was surrounded by these big Turks. So, um, so that was kind of a okay. scrape. Other than that, um, not really. Uh, okay, well, that's close enough. That's close enough, yeah. And right, then, and then um, we did get ahead. to go to the Copenhagen. Well, we went to this great festival. Um, this is kind of a wild story. I was playing at the Spotted Cat, and I was on my set break, and this woman walks up to me and goes, I book a music festival in Denmark. We want to book y'all. Here's my card. Email me and walks out the door. And I'm like holding this card. I'm like, I'm not losing this card. I'm not losing this card. And um, so I emailed her and it was a festival called Tunner, which is spelled T-O with a slash through it and D, but the D is silent, E-R. And the O with a slash through it is pronounced U. So it's mm-hmm. Tunner. Right. Um, King James and a special man went like every year for several years hmm. um and Mashia did it once um for a while they were featuring a lot of new orleans acts and that was great that was really a beautiful gig um no. yeah yeah it was yoko yep it was yoko um but in a different big reveal body. um but similar similar time you know kind of thing um and then, then the next year we went to Copenhagen Jazz Festival. There's a guy in Copenhagen who comes to New Orleans because he digs the New Orleans music. He's a saxophone player. And he sat in with us at the Spotted Cat and then um, then booked us to come play. Uh, he got us a gig at the Copenhagen Jazz Festival. And then he also does something called a Fringe Festival, which is simultaneous to the Copenhagen Festival in Copenhagen. So, okay. yeah. And I got to... Um, share an apartment with Doug and Patrick, the banjo player for two weeks in Copenhagen. Like we had a, our own crib and we had bikes. Um, as far as the scrapes with the law in Copenhagen. Um, so Patty and Doug 
were sharing a tandem bike, which was funny <laughs> and hard to keep up with because I'm just one guy and they're two. And, but we were at a red light and there's a lot of people on bikes. Everybody's on bikes in Copenhagen. And uh, we were sitting there at that red light and this, this Dane goes, Hey, that bike looks familiar. And they're speaking English. And, and, um, Patty and Doug go, well, you know, somebody loaned it to us. And then another guy goes, yeah, man, my, that, my friend, that's my friend's bike and it got stolen. And then everybody was like stealing bikes. Oh, like, yeah, so they, they just got pissed. They, they were certain that we had stolen that bike. Uh, um, it sounds like another hustle, man. Like they're going to walk you to the ATM. Yeah, and- yeah. Like make oh, you brother. buy the bike, pay for the bike. And of course, there's Christiania. And um, we, uh, as the band leader, I was able to requisition like the CD sale money to go buy hash. Okay, well, yeah, Copenhagen's pretty permissive. It's uh, yeah, it's, pretty it's wide hard open. to get in a scrape. Talk there. about wide open, man. In Copenhagen yes, is, is yes. wide open. Very wide open. Yeah. Um, I, I once watched a guy, uh, a guy in a band that I was on tour with, go down to the corner, and he was trying to score drugs mm. from the, the, the street corner uh, guys, the drug dealers. And as he's down there, a cop walks up, and we're <laughs> like, oh, fuck, man. And uh, the cop asked for his passport, and he and he gives him his passport and he and we're going oh fuck man he's getting arrested and the cop, <laughs> cop looks at the passport and he takes it away and go what the fuck is going on and then the cop comes back and he gives him his passport back and he leaves and, and then the guy <laughs> walks back up to the room we're like what the fuck is going on down there he goes oh, i just wanted to make sure my passport was all straight <laughs> <laughs> not worried about you buying about drugs the, about the drug deal yeah yeah just <laughs> want to make sure that, that you know you're you weren't overstaying your visa <laughs> yeah. well uh well so so uh besides the panorama jazz band you also have the panorama brass band yes and, and you guys uh do a ton of mardi gras work and uh, tell mm-hmm. us about that oh like man the, mar- that the marching could, club stuff but you do. the cool thing about the brass band is we actually had a couple of weddings this weekend which we um haven't really gotten a lot of um but it's you know the brass band when everybody's there it's 16 people um and uh wow it's a big band it's a big band um and uh but you know we play that band really kind of specializes in like gypsy balkan gypsy brass band music um but we do a bunch of things we have a disco tune we have an ethiopian tune you know we just it's it's kind of like panorama like i mean it is panorama but we just do whatever the hell we want you know like we hear something that's like oh man that's really killer we like stuff from like the caribbean and eastern europe and um you name it, you know, Latin America. Um, and uh, we'll just try to learn it. And, and you know, both bands are just about trying to make a party, you know, which you need some rhythm and you need a good tune. And, um, you know, most tunes will have like a section that we open it up and people can solo. Um, and But the cool thing about the brass band, I was noticing at this wedding on Saturday, we did a wedding at the music box on Saturday and it was two women and it was just such a, you know, gorgeous weather and the music right. box is so pretty with the it's way so it's cool, in, man. I oh. was there on Sunday for a, a Susan Cowsell and Russ, uh, Russ Broussard, uh, second line for, wow. For See, I was there Saturday, party. man. It's an amazing space. I, I, I'd, I'd seen pictures of it before, but I'd never been there. Were man, you there at night? A, 
I was there at night. Yeah, to, with the, to, where it's lit up. Yeah, it's lit up. Uh, it's uh, like all these uh, two-story structures. You yeah, can walk in. You can they climb all up. make music. They, yeah. it's percussion instruments. It's Amazing. wind instruments that you can play the the village itself, and then yeah, you know, it's incredible. Hey, wedding! Don't you just want to say, uh, oh, "Congratulations!" I give it four years. <laughs> you know that's funny. I, I, um, here's here's another story. Like I, uh, I, 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 now I can't go anywhere where I don't run into people that I played their wedding, and right. uh, and I like to say, "Oh, you're still married?" I see. Mm-hmm. And and like to me, I'm thinking like it's supposed to be a little bit ironic, but Mardi Gras Day, and I had a couple by then. I see, I see a couple, and they're like, "Hey, hey, Ben, you played our wedding," and I go, "Oh, you're still married," and they heard it like, "Oh, I never expected you out the last six months," exactly. and they were really insulted. Yeah, well, there you, go. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I, so I don't say that anymore. I, I was like, "Oh, damn," but that never even crossed my mind that it would sound that way. Yeah, you know, because yeah, well, I meant it like, I don't know how I fucking meant it. It's supposed to be ironic, like, "Hey." You know, we must have done a good job because you're still married or something like okay. that. Um, yeah, you never know what's going on in somebody's mind when you say you know, something to them. You just don't know how yeah. it comes across. Uh, right, right. Mm, man, well, so, I'm worried about you, buddy. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I. I gotta. I gotta go. In a yeah, few yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. Yes. Uh, yes, Ben. We're gonna. We're gonna let Manny. Uh, let Manny uh, rest his voice here. Yeah. But so we have Mardi Gras coming up. Uh, hopefully this year. I think we're gonna Pan roll. Rather- Panorama Brass Band will be out there for all the all the parades, Muses, Babylon. Hopefully, talks, yeah. Crew de Jou. I talked no, to uh, when 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 I become T-Rex, mayor, or... it's over. When I become mayor, it's all over. Okay, so. well, we'll have okay. to hold our breath till this Saturday and see yeah. see what. I what think, Manny, I feel like I don't want to vote for you anymore now. <laughs> it's it's a it's a tough position. Yes, Manny's anti Mardi Gras position is very counter to uh, to what you would expect. <laughs> All right. You're not going to get a lot of votes with that, Manny. But uh, nine day weekends will give me lots of votes. Oh, it's just always Mardi Gras. It's always. Right, right. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Ben. And uh, as always, in the Troubled Men podcast, we like to say trouble never ends. Trouble Uh, never ends. The struggle continues, Ben. Good night. Yes. Thank you. Good night. Mark Rubin, Jew of Oklahoma here with the Panorama Jazz Band, wishing you and yours a happy Hanukkah from down here in balmy New Orleans. Let's play a little dreidel. <laughs>